0: Welcome to TA1, everything you want to know about adventure racing and then some. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson, Um, back from a nice long six-ish hour hike with the Chili Dog, scouting some uh, photo-video locations for the Tatanka 100 mountain bike race coming up in a few weeks, so that's fun. Um, Got a little pizza in the oven, so... It'll be a good night. Uh shot a, the Motherlode gravel grinder last weekend, 210 miles through the Black Hills. Um, everybody seemed to have a good time, got some good photos, got four or five profile pictures out of it for people, which I decided I really enjoy um, when people do that. Um, it's like I found a little piece or found something inside of them that they like. I guess that's my excuse why they pick it, but I always get this kind of interesting. uh, I like it. Put it that way. Um, We're continuing with um, our Cowboy Tough June. This uh, week's guest is Jason Erkvitz, who is normally a New Englander. Races for Untamed New England. But... um, Somewhere along the line got his uh, good guy card and will be racing with the Canadians. And I don't, I should have looked up the name of the team, but I didn't. But hey, they're Canadians, they'll forgive me, right? So an interesting chat with that and some more about uh, Cowboy Tough and different things. So um, let's continue on. So go fast, take chances, and... We'll see you on the trail. No, we won't, because I'm here, and everybody else is everywhere else, but uh, we'll see a few of you at Cowboy Tough, which is not very far away. So, enjoy.
1: Hi, Randy. Hey. Hey.
0: If I hear you again.
1: <laughs> okay, good. If figured he, out what was going on. I, I My <laughs> iPad wasn't ringing.
0: Ah. So, well, yeah. we, we made it work, finally. If people knew all the stuff sometimes we went through to get these done, they would have more of appreciation. And it would also be better if I did it more often. That, well, yours is okay because I, I talked to Melissa Combs earlier today, so I'm like, okay, yep, yeah, okay, I got it set up. <laughs> but uh yeah. So we made it. So um how you been?
1: I've been good. How about yourself?
0: I'm busy. Um kinda training a little bit as much as I train. A lot of hiking, a lot of pictures, a lot of video, a lot of work work. So, um, you know, for a couple of months I was working about an hour out in the middle of the woods. And it kind of, uh, it was really nice because it was an hour out in the middle of the woods. But trying to get the extra, uh, extra stuff done was a little bit tougher. So I'm glad I'm back closer to home.
1: How's the weather out there?
0: Hot. It's like today has been, like, the, like feels like the first day of summer. It's it's probably eighty. Um, Chili and I just came in and it was like uh, we were sweating. It feels great. <laughs> how about yeah, how we about at your that, place? That
1: weather on had that weather on Saturday. It was 80, 80 something degrees and humid. Yesterday it was forty five and rain.
0: You know that uh, that sounds like the Black Hills. <laughs> yeah. Although we've had so much rain that, um, I mean, literally everything's flooded the uh, Pactola Lake, which is just kind of down the road from our house. It's coming in at uh, 700 CFS and all they can let it out is at at 500. So it's probably two feet higher than I've ever seen it in my whole life. But but it's really cool because, you know, you're out walking in the woods and all of a sudden there's like water coming out of the ground. Just like gushing. So it's uh, kind of cool from that point of view. But I'm ready for summer.
1: Yeah, I'll be here before you know it, that's for sure.
0: It is. Well, you know, it's only 45 days to Cowboy Tough.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I try to get out in the heat as much as I can, but uh, I have to pick and choose one that's available, I guess.
0: That's true. Well, you know, and then again, of course, it's uh, Wyoming and... It probably's not gonna snow on us but it might.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I saw the weather forecast a couple of weeks ago they were getting snow, so it's it's a pretty quick switch they have out there. Yeah.
0: You know, and they're gonna be starting out up at uh in Buffalo at you know, pretty good elevation and then going through the bighorn should be. You never know. But well let's say we don't want snow.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'd agree with that at that point.
0: Yeah. Um, it's gonna be your first Cowboy Tough, right?
1: No, I did it uh, the first year. Did you? Um, yeah, 2013 with uh, Eric Grimm and I on Untamed. Oh, okay. It was a two-person team.
0: I could have looked it up, but I was thinking it would be your first one. So um, what is it? Why Why are you coming back other than it's a really cool race?
1: Um, Well... <laughs> It was between Wyoming and California, Mm -hmm. or I'm sorry, not California, um, Alaska. Oh, yeah. And uh, the time commitment for Alaska was a little tougher, I think, with two weeks. Yeah. um, Needed to be set aside for that. Um, Eric was, he's got a young family and was going to struggle to to sneak away for that, that amount of time.
0: So, yeah, well, I can see that. Yeah, it's a, you know yeah well, half the time you can do it in a week, right yeah right so um, you know, when I talked to Mark a few months ago he he indicated that it's probably for the elite teams anyway, so to speak, gonna be more of a non stop race, a little you know bring it more into line with World Series. you like that, or did you like you liked more of a well, stage? I like <laughs>
1: I, I like it either way. I guess um, we had a good time the, the first year. We were getting done, you know, twelve thirty, one o'clock in the morning, and had some time to put our feet up and hang out by the campfire, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but you know, from a a traditional AR point of view, I think I prefer um, going nonstop. It seems to work better for for me, anyway.
0: Yeah. Um, to me. I find it hard to get started again, you know, with, with, you know, like a four or five or six hour break just seems like, you know, your body almost shuts down.
1: I think that's the case. If it's a two to three hour break, if mm-hmm. we, we were getting, like I said, four to five hours a night and, uh, you know, it's obviously not enough to fully recover, but, uh, by the time six o'clock got around, I was pretty much raring to go. It wasn't huh. too bad. So. Well,
0: then you should be good. Good either way it comes.
1: We'll see. Altitude could be a could be a trick. So oh, I'm uh yeah I'm at like seven hundred fifty feet out here. I don't do well at ten thousand feet.
0: <laughs> well, you know, it's my philosophy has always been if you're fit, it won't bother you quite so much. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. So when you in your training, you know, my two broad spectrums are a heart rate guy or what's over the next ridge guy which which kind are you
1: oh i'm a little both i think yeah. um i obviously i like to get out and explore i i print out all the maps of the bristol hills and ride down there as much as i can mm-hmm. try and find new roads that i haven't been on um but i also you know within the last couple of years have I put a power meter on my bike and I realized at least in the club races, the guys I was racing against on the road, I was, there was something I was missing. They Mm -hmm. were making advances that I wasn't making. So I've had to pay a little more attention there on the bike. Um, on foot, I kind of know where I need to be, you know, with long runs and spending time on my feet, wearing the pack around climbing hills. Um, and I've got some traditional routes that I do down in down in the hills to get to get ready that way. And then as far as paddling goes, um you know, we've got a ton of a ton of places to paddle around here. We've got the Erie Canal, got the Finger Lakes, Lake Ontario. There's uh quite a few choices, so there's a pretty decent group of friends that I paddle with. We pick a couple lakes or whatever to, to get to uh early on in the season get some distance in, and then kind of sharpen the knife as the races get closer, pick up the speed workouts uh, a little more, both on paddling and on on foot, um, mm-hmm. just to get ready for them.
0: Yeah. Um, here's something that I don't know. Living in a little more populous area, and I suppose there's a lot of private ground and stuff, what's what's the hardest for you to train? I mean, lakes lakes and kayaking seem easy, but... I mean, can you find good, challenging mountain biking and, and, you know, trails and things like that, or or
1: do you really have to hunt it down? Um, no, it's it's pretty easy, actually. Really? Um, it's, well, I should say easy. It's 45 minutes from my house. There's yeah. uh, a ton of seasonal roads that, that we can get on with 1,000-foot um, climbs, so the elevation adds up pretty quickly yeah. there. Um, you never see single track, solid single track in an adventure race for the most part. Yeah. I mean, it's a jeep track or a hike a bite.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, well, I know. I'm, I'm a little spoiled since, you know, I walk out our front door and we've got 250,000 acres of Forest Service land, <laughs> so, but so you know, kind of you know, to me it's like, almost an extra, burden, you know, to have to drive 45 minutes to find a good good area but um you do what you got to do right
1: absolutely yeah.
0: when did when did you get uh started in this little crazy thing we call adventure racing
1: uh i i think i started in '03. i uh i had a short stint in triathlons and realized there was something a lot bigger out there besides uh, the same stale course yeah. <laughs> every yeah. every year so they kind of get me got me interested in adventure races, and I did a couple of stage races um, down around New York City and up in uh, Ontario and uh, Quebec. Uh, Cedar Summit used to come out and do a a stage race up Mount Saint Marie that we did mm-hmm. a couple of years in a row. And then from there, um, I did the Epic Extreme in '05 in Maine in May back mm-hmm. when racers and in, uh, in, uh Promoters weren't afraid to put long races in the months outside of June, or June, July, and August. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we were up at uh, you know tops of the mountains and you know, two feet of snow, three feet of snow. It was it was pretty interesting, quite an eye-opening experience for me.
0: So did you? I mean, was this? a lot of a lot of people I've talked to are like they do their first one and they're like oh yeah this is this is what I've been looking for was was that kind of your you know path or did you grow into it
1: well I like most people I think had had watched the Eco Challenge races uh, mm-hmm. on TV and that was I think what kind of piqued my interest but I didn't really follow it along I know I didn't I didn't know that there was races in my area that I could have done, and then uh, I met a couple of guys through triathlons that said, "Oh yeah, we've been doing these races for a while," and showed me that they were, you know, within a eight hour drive I could do a couple of them. That's kind of how I got interested in it. And uh, the the app Extreme, the first year I did it, we ended up dropping out because I hurt my knee, and uh, I you know it was a long long uh, 3 days in a row and i think i dreaded every minute of it um but as soon as i was done i was like i got to go back i can't i can't finish on a dnf no. and then from then on i was uh, i was hooked so have,
0: have you always had um a team or do you have to kind of pick find people and and uh, do it that way
1: uh it's been a little of both Mm-hmm. When I, when I first started, um, there was a, gr- a small group in the area that was doing some races, and I raced with them a couple of times, but they weren't really racing as much as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started to you know, search the Internet and find people that were looking for racers. And I didn't have a lot of experience, but that DNF hanging over my head was killing me, so I needed to get <laughs> to another race quickly and get, get that solved. Uh, so I, I did a couple of other races with some folks that I met, um, through that channel, um, did a race in Missouri in '06, And then I did the, one of the mixes in, uh, in Michigan in '07, and met, uh, John Schultes and Dave Lamb. Mm-hmm. So I kind of got hooked up with EMS at that point. Um, from EMS, I moved on to Untamed New England and, uh been pretty consistent since then at that point.
0: Yeah, kind of kind of kind of the core group with Untamed. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. So, and I know, I mean I looked at the at the roster, but who are you, who are you racing with at Cowboy Tough?
1: Uh, it's actually that the roster's changed a little bit. Uh, oh, amazing. Both. An adventure yeah, race yeah, right. team that changes. <laughs> uh originally it was going to be uh Myself, Eric Grimm, uh, Mindy Fernando, who we've been racing with uh, for the past couple of years, mm-hmm. and uh, we hooked up with James Gallipow from uh, Ottawa area. Yep, is our fourth. And then uh, Mindy decided she wanted to have twins. <laughs> I first. saw that. Yes. <laughs> so we brought in we brought in Natalie, uh, and then Eric hurt his knee. Mm-hmm. So uh we've got Fritz uh Palmeier that's taking his place.
0: Yeah. So you couldn't find anybody good, you had to bring those guys in?
1: <laughs> <That> well is... <laughs> the, I, I could have done worse, right? I mean yeah. having James and and Natalie with uh, all their experience in the past couple of years down at Worlds is yeah. It's like hitting the yeah. home run, I think.
0: Yeah, they it and they have the uh advantage of being really nice people, so Exactly. Um, well, yeah, I mean, that could be a good team, but, uh, it's kind of a, kind of a tough race. I mean, cowboy tough. There's some really good teams. What do you, I mean, how do you think, yeah, how do I put this? How do you think it's going to stack up against them?
1: Well, uh, you got, <laughs> I mean, that's a really loaded question. Slackers, <laughs> Swedish armed forces. There's a there's a number of teams. Darts going to be there. There's yeah. a team from Norway coming. Um, I, I think we'll be in the mix. You know, yeah. as long as we don't do something really stupid. That um, I don't think the navigation is going to be extremely tough. So that yeah. um, might help. Yeah. So to speak. Um, I look forward to horse races. That's not a problem for me. And I, I, the team that I, as I see it. Um, won't be hurt by a, a faster race, but there's a ton of experience with those other teams, right? So, you know, they might see something we don't see, and we we make a a five mile mistake or something. So, you know, I've got I got some experience in the area that'll that'll be helpful. Fritz does as well, so uh,
0: yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, how much? You can probably hear the birds screaming in the background now. <laughs> So that one. <laughs> um how much of racing and, and let's let's say racing, because um, that's what you're gonna be doing. Do. How much is of that is physical and how much is mental? I mean to be in the mix well, with, with you know, techno yoga, Sweden, Norway I mean, do you I mean do you feel you're physically as strong as they are and it might just be the mental part
1: um i've had this conversation a couple of times with a couple of different people actually trying to figure out you know where yeah. where we have fallen on our face a couple of times mm-hmm. um in the last you know, this race two years ago eric and i rode with uh and techno and yoga slackers the entire time yeah. we raced with them so i I know I'm capable of it. Um, the question is whether I can motivate everybody else on the team to not get starstruck and and uh, know that have confidence in their abilities to to hang with these these mm-hmm. guys. I mean, the typical move is to for a for a fast team is to start out really hard and break the competition and get a gap. Um, and as long as you can. You can hold on to that gap or hold on to that group before the gap gets too too large it's uh, a big confidence boost if you're racing with these top teams and have mm. at that point establish that uh that gap over the rest of the squads so yeah. it's it's a, a confidence thing i think that needs to needs to be earned i don't think it's you can't go into it and say well we're going to do this you actually have to go out and do it and it's easier for me to say now but when you're at ten thousand feet and you see a bike wheel just running away from you, and know that you have to chase to get back onto it, it's a little different.
0: So, well, I mean, it makes it interesting. Makes it a race, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you know that you can, or let's say you, you know, in your mind, you know you can because you have done that. Do you think you can use that to to Help with the rest of the team to say, look, I know, you know, I can do it and you're better than I am. So it should be easy for you. Yeah, it's easy to say. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, it's really
1: easy for me to say. Yeah. So I'm going
0: to be there yeah. driving around watching.
1: <laughs> well, you can give me the look when it's, when it's not going like it's uh, supposed to. Okay. <laughs> um I- I, you know, we've had this discussion yeah. on on the team that I'm racing with. Um, James and I have talked about it, and yeah. I, he's on the same page. I think we just have to s- go into it with a plan and stick to it.
0: Yeah. So, well, there's no doubt in my mind that that with that team that you should be in the mix anyway. You know, it may be, it comes down to who has a bad day. There's there's always that crapshoot, right?
1: Yeah. The temperature and the in the altitude i when we were out there 2 years ago i saw it turn some people that i knew were really strong racers into a, a puddle so yeah yeah it can hit anybody at any time
0: so well, that's true um, are you well you in a little time crunch so you guys won't have any acclimation or anything like that just bang 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 come out do it get home
1: that's yeah that's pretty much we're I think we're flying in on Tuesday, the race starts Thursday morning.
0: Yeah, so yeah. Plenty of plenty of time to get acclimated. It's only Wyoming. <laughs> so um my my uh the interesting fact about the race is where it's starting in Buffalo is where Paulette and I met at a bike race twenty six, seven, eight years ago. A little city park in town, so it's kind of old home week for me. There you go. So it'll be be uh, just like going back. I haven't been back here for ages, so I'm looking forward to it too.
1: Um.
0: So, what are some of the? Other, I mean, what are some of the other highlights of your racing career, so to speak?
1: Well, um, obviously, racing in the Northeast is. Yeah is a a bonus mm-hmm. there's a well I, I should say the east coast in general there's a lot of teams and a lot of races over the last five to six years that yeah. i've been fortunate enough to go to you know if i lived in the midwest or uh the southwest that would be a, a lot different yeah. so you know, i know a lot of these teams that are going to be there from the u.s i've raced against almost all of them so that's a it's fun because you go and see a lot of these these guys at the races you know you go to a race in new jersey you go to a race in virginia and it's the same 10 teams the same people that you've been racing against for the last 10 years so that that part's a lot of fun Mm -hmm. yeah Um, but getting back to your your original question uh, i'd have to say the untamed races have have been uh, a lot of fun i've done the last three of them uh, actually last four of them 2010 2012 he had a twenty-four hour race in two thousand thirteen, and then we did the one last year.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: um, I well, did th- get it. I did get an opportunity to race in Patagonia. I mean, from a scenery standpoint mm-hmm. uh, and wilderness standpoint, that's the I think the pinnacle of the sport. Oh. I, I haven't seen too many places better than yeah. that. Desperate
0: Are you interested in going back to Patagonia?
1: I yeah uh, yeah I'd love to go back. <laughs> Um. I, they're starting to back up next year, when yep. I understand. Unfortunately, yep. I'm not going to be able to do that. My yeah. my daughter's uh, turned into quite a Nordic skier, and that's the that's the crunch time for that. Uh, so I'd like to stick around and see that uh, her her last year is next year as, in high school. So. Uh,
0: well, I mean, they're. I think I think they're full anyway. But you know, give them a chance to get back in the swing again, swing of things again. But it's interesting because as hard as that race is i i have never talked to anybody that's raced there that wouldn't go back so and it's kind of a kind of a weird weird thing how can it be so hard yet everybody love it so much <laughs>
1: well if you if you can't have a good time looking at that scenery even if you're if you're hurt and it's every round every corner is, uh, mm. is a postcard
0: yeah that's true which um I don't know if you have an answer, but which one of the uh untamed was your favorite
1: uh i have to say last year oh. in the the hundred uh, mile wilderness i enj- mm-hmm. i really enjoyed the pack rafting there it was uh, i think grant got to a point where he'd he'd refined how to use a pack raft in a race mm-hmm. um and so you had route options. You could carry the thing, or you could paddle it, and it was, it was not a, a, totally clear, going into it which was going to be faster. And it turns out that, you, you could do either option and be just just as fast.
0: So, so yeah, I mean, he got that race wired down. Let's uh, hope he hope he uh, gets done with being burnt out. Does it again, right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, I haven't,
1: I haven't talked to him, but uh, uh, he's got a he's got a young daughter, so I'm sure he wants to spend some quality time with her.
0: Yeah, and I just, I mean, it's so hard to put on any kind of a race, let alone when it's you know 200 miles away. I just uh, that, and you know, Dave doing the race in Alaska just amazes me how you can uh, almost even physically do that, have the time to do it. So, but. Yeah, I got to say Untamed has always been a, one of my favorites to go to. So I like
1: I like to go back. Yeah, well, I've got all the maps. So <laughs> if you want to go, let me know. Okay, right, we'll just go. Yeah, we'll just
0: let's just pick like the like the six worst legs of the of all three years and we'll go we'll just go do those. You go do well, them and I'll follow them. you and take pictures.
1: I can tell you what number one is. That was the the end of the uh, that trek last year through that really dense uh, pine needle or pine trees. I think it was the end of the uh, packraft section.
0: Yeah, the, the Abernathy right. Wilderness. Yep. Yeah. I uh, I ran into uh, Jackie and Mimi coming out of that, and Jackie was not a happy Frenchman. <laughs> <laughs> he. Uh, it's something about that isn't that is not an adventure race. They don't know what adventure racing is. So I always think something was done right if 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 uh there's that many people that hated it, but there's also that many people that really, really loved it, so
1: Well he set a benchmark, that's for sure. Yep,
0: that's um and that reminds me of something that let me see if you agree with my theory that um adventure racers you know maybe just ultra endurance people stuff really remember the bad days so to speak um you know people ask me you know what's you know a memory of you know riding or something like that my go-to is the day that we paulette and i and a couple other people we didn't live in the black hills we hadn't moved back here yet but we were out here and we got caught in a snowstorm you know Light rain when we started and six inches of snow on the ground when we finished, and, and it's still one of my favorite memories of of you know training riding. Um, what is it about our heads
1: that make us remember those miserable days? I think it makes for a better story. <laughs> <laughs> if you and I'm sure it gets embellished. the The further it goes, goes away from the actual date, it it gets worse and worse. Um, like, in 30 in thirty years, the mountains will be, you know, 10,000 10, feet, and it'll be snowing.
0: It might uh, be. Although I've found that the really bad days are bad enough that you almost don't have to embellish.
1: <laughs> so, um, Well, it, yeah, you you get the look either way, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I've learned that. So when yeah. people ask me what I did over, over the weekend, I just tell them you know, I rode my bike or I paddled or whatever. I don't tell them how far I went or, uh, you know, yeah. any of the details because you get the look like, really? Why did you do that?
0: Um, I, I hear you, you know, Paulette ran the Tahoe 200 last year, you know, 200 mile trail run and she's stopped telling people that she's done it because she says, I just can't, the looks I get, it's like, people are just like, I have three heads or something. So it's <laughs> exactly. it's really bizarre that, you know, people don't even want to drive their car 200 miles and they're like, you ran it. But so um. Well, we're talking about bad things, so that brings me to my stock question: Is uh, what's the best and the worst six hours you've ever had racing?
1: Uh, I think I have to say the the worst six hours would be the that trek in the epic stream where my knee was acting up. Mm. Um, it was it was pretty painful, and it was cold, and it was raining but um and I knew I knew you know I was really slowing the pace down um and that it was going to be really difficult to continue and then I was going to be letting the team down if we had to drop out so having that hang over my head was was particularly bad and then (laughs) once once we got off that track we got into a boat and paddled for a number of hours with portaging and I could I could hardly walk during the portaging Mm -hmm. so I knew it was getting worse and we had just a I think it was a 30 mile bike ride to the finish, and uh, I I couldn't get on the bike, wow. so we had to pull the plug. Then so that was that was pretty tough. Um, Eric likes to rig rib me every now and then. So did did you really need to drop out of that race? <laughs> well,
0: <laughs> let me before we move on. Um, do you? I mean, do you have regrets that you did? I mean, obviously, you know, it was an injury and you're bad, but um, and I say that because, honestly, I've never had dropped out of a race where I regretted it later. Um, so, I mean, with a knee, it's pretty obvious. But have you ever had to any other DNFs where later you're like, eh, and I should have just kept going?
1: Uh, no. Okay. That, that was enough to... <laughs> that was it, huh? <laughs> yeah, that was enough to make me not ever want to do it again. Yeah. And I, I think back to it and say, geez, could I have kept going? And uh, I remember... Stepping through the creek and falling every other step because I couldn't support any weight mm-hmm. on it, and Eric and Scott were looking at me like I was crazy, but I yeah. I couldn't stand on it. So yeah. I, I'm I'm pretty comfortable knowing that it was probably the smartest thing to do. But
0: well, it, yeah, I mean that's that's part of it. You got to know. So
1: and that that it turns out the 30 mile bike ride ended up being like you know a 12 hour ordeal. It wasn't like just riding a rail trail to the finish. Yeah.
0: So yeah okay so now back what's the best six hours uh
1: that's probably the packraft section in untamed in mm-hmm. 2012 down the dead river we we <laughs> it was colder than you can imagine leading up to it we got mm-hmm. there like perfect timing six in the morning mm-hmm. just as the sun was coming up but it was super cold that night and uh i didn't wasn't actually looking forward to getting into the river because i knew it was going to be released and the water was going to be cold so we we put on all our clothes at the ta we had to plot a couple points and we're falling asleep plotting the points (laughs) we finally get our act together and we hiked down to the to the river and it seemed like it had warmed up quite a bit and we put on and it was just like a, a continuous set of rapids for the next six to eight hours i think it was and and You completely forgot you were actually in a race you're just ripping down the rapids one rapid after another after another and a a smile out from ear to ear the entire time for the most part yeah we got to the end of it and there's kind of a a slack water section to the takeout and by then you know that excitement's over and (laughs) we're all falling asleep in our pack grass as we try to look for the takeout but that i'd have to say of all the racing I've done, that was probably the most enjoyable six to eight hours that one period.
0: So, yeah, I can I can see that. Um, I do have a I do have something that might go in your memory banks for a miserable time. That would be the uh, Moose Alley Portage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, That was actually we we had the wheel set up for that. It's did your really, did yours work? Wheel, wheel dialed in, so we were running down the road. And then when we got to the portage, we noticed that the uh, wheels weren't working all that well. We had to carry the boats, but we were we were ahead of the pack because we had been running with the boats on the road. So we didn't really get jammed up in that narrow little alley. We were actually able to clear pretty quickly. So I always tease Grant about um, that section whenever I see him. You know, every time he says he's going to put a a kayak leg in the race, I tell him I've been on dragging my boat around. <laughs>
0: That's uh, still one of my favorite things I've ever heard an adventure racer say when they're coming through there. And um, uh, I I have no idea who it is, but I'll probably post a link to the video and the guy comes back and goes, I'll bet you Grant didn't tell the outfitters about this part. (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's probably true. (laughs) Because it started off, everybody was carrying them, and then once you got into it, they were all on the ground. Yeah,
0: I heard people say, oh, Pick it up, there's a camera guy. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, that was a pretty pretty fun one. Um so you started racing in 03? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So what's the biggest biggest or best technological improvement in gear improvement for you in your mind?
1: I think it's I think it's headlamps. Okay. When I when I first started racing, we were using these tiny little pencils with AA batteries that you had to change every, you know, five or six hours or whatever. And mm-hmm. especially on the bike, you you couldn't see more than ten feet in front of you. Now you've got these basically car lights on your head that you could light up an entire mountainside with.
0: Yeah, I I I I agree. A lot of people say bikes, but I I think lights. I remember strapping a 5 cell, 5D cell mag light using plumbing fittings onto my bike (laughs) and yeah and they didn't last very long so back in the day but um, so yeah I'm gonna agree with you that one I'm gonna say right answer on that one I need a bell when you (laughs) you guys pick the right answer so so just you know got a couple more more things here because it's late where you're at, right? Uh, it's nine, not too bad, actually. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's almost eight o'clock, and I'm ready for bed, so it's got to be late. But um, <laughs> but I'm a weenie. It's the only trouble with summertime out here. It's like it doesn't get dark till nine thirty. It's like how I, I can't go to bed at nine o'clock. It's still light out. Um,
1: but, yeah, uh, that's the problem. It's tough to recover in the summertime because the sun doesn't go down till nine thirty, and it's back up at four thirty.
0: Yeah. Um, Great when you're great when you're racing. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's true. So,
0: um, if you could design a race, that would be the absolutely the best race for you. Your skills, strengths, weaknesses. What would it be?
1: Mm. Uh, it would have no roads it hit you know a lot of cheap trail i think i'd like to see m- more uh challenging navigation actually not that i'm a great navigator but uh i think it it separates the the teams so to speak when there's long uh high risk high reward legs that you can go on and a lot of these especially on foot a lot of these races now are rogaine style trekking sections where you're never more than uh half a kilometer from my road at any one point.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: And I I I think I I enjoy those types of courses more where you're like I said high risk, high reward. So you know if I'm if I'm enjoying the course that must mean that it suits me well.
0: Yeah. So um well who's your primary navigator on the team on Untamed?
1: Uh it's been uh, Dave Lamb and yeah. Eric Grimm, for the most part. Um, now, because neither one of those guys are racing, it it defaults to me. Um, mm-hmm. And for uh, Cowboy Tough, we're actually I'm racing under James and Natalie's team. Uh, okay. It's called uh, Canada AR. Oh, so yeah. I I'm I the, uh, I knew that. I'm the I navigator forgot. for that <laughs> one as well.
0: Okay. So, um, how how did you learn navigating? It, a tough uh, question, I know, but it's kind of... Yeah, well, some would <laughs> say I still haven't learned
1: it. <laughs> How are you learning navigating? Uh, I belong to the local uh entering club. It's mm-hmm. always um, been of interest of mine to use a map and compass. Yes. So when I learned that there was a club, uh, I joined that. Um, and then, obviously, having raced with some pretty good navigators over the years... Um, and we race, a lot of these races, we've raced as two different squads. So there would be, and we'd race together. So there would be two sets of maps. I'd have one set and the other navigator would have the other set. And then we would bounce ideas back and forth or discuss how we're doing. Or I'd take the bike leg and he'd take the trekking leg or vice versa or whatever. So it's kind of been a, a trial by fire. Um, I think I've I've kind of gotten to the point where, I'm comfortable on my own without uh, without being able to without any mistakes yeah. that are going to cost the team a huge amount of time. Let's put it that way.
0: So, so yeah, you just you just go do it right.
1: Yeah, I mean that's how that's the only way you learn it. I think is that you you can read a book about it, and that's not going to help you one bit. You got to have a map yeah. in front of you and a compass, and make mistakes and go back and look at it. That's what, one of the biggest helps has really has been my g p s to be truthful because i I'll do something with my watch um in a map and compass, and then I come back and load it up and see where I was and where I thought I was and where my mistakes were, and it starts to make more sense that way rather than just make the mistake and not know it yeah. um now i now I see I've made a mistake and what could I have done to avoid it
0: yeah, I actually have started using my phone. Loaded up with top maps and you know, even just out hiking, we'll take a map, compass and follow along and, but you know, if I'm like, okay, I say, okay, I'm, I'm here, I, I'm pretty sure, and then pull out the phone and pop it up and drop a pin and says, yep, that's where I'm at. And, <laughs> or, because it, it is just that, um, yeah, you know, instant, almost instantaneous feedback, so you can kind of keep track of where you are, but I sure. mean, I, I spend a lot of time just with a map you know, even when I'm literally out in our backyard here in the woods, just, and, and for me, there are times when all of a sudden it'll just, it'll just click. I'll be looking at the map and I, and I almost see the map on the train. Do you know what I mean? Does that make yep. sense? Yep. So, and I think, I think really good navigators see that all the time. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. Well, you're always checking. That's, that's the one yeah. thing I've learned is so if you know you got a turn coming up, don't just wait for the turn, you know, hit your your waypoints along the way. Okay, yeah. there's that hill, there's that reentrant, there's mm-hmm. that spur. Yeah. That's helpful.
0: Yeah. Well, you just learn what it looks like on a map or what what the map looks like on the ground.
1: Yeah, unless they throw you a screwy scale, then you then you're done for. Yeah. Our problem
0: yeah. around here is like alternating topo maps will be 20 and forty forty meter contours. So you'll be working on one map that's 20 and and you'll look on another one or, or it'll be a, you know, like we have a whole set of Primal Quest maps that are put together and you're like, oh man, that's steep there. Oh, but it gets, you know, mm-hmm. you know shallow there and then you gotta got remember, no, no, no. That's still, that's 40s there, so um, yeah. Paying attention to the scale and the contour would save a lot of uh, mistakes, I think. Yeah. So, um, do you have anything else planned after Cowboy
1: Tough? Uh, actually, we're discussing uh, putting a team together for Worlds. Oh. oh. Uh James and Natalie and I. So that's. That would be good. That's kind of in the works. I haven't done a, a World Championships. It's on my list of things to do. So. Oh. Um. No time like the present, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well. Um. Don't listen to my the, the episode with Melissa Combs on it because she doesn't have much nice to say about the area. <laughs> if you like water, oh. it, I guess it should be a great race though.
1: Well, I enjoy paddling. So, 40% of it's going to be paddling. We'll yeah, see.
0: Yeah. So I I was looking at it and I've just I've come to the point that it's like I'm not going to try to go. If they if they got in touch with me and said do you want to come, I'd say yes. But uh, I'm not a water guy. It's probably not quite the right race for me to go shoot.
1: So, well, it's going to be tough to get to the interior of it too, from a from a film crew standpoint. I would think there's not yeah. a lot of access with roads.
0: Yeah, I think they're going to have to. What they have, well, they're just going to have to have boats for for media to follow around. Seems like it's the only way they're going to do it. So. I think I'll skip this one. I'm waiting. I'm just waiting for one where they speak English.
1: Yeah, you think that'll ever happen?
0: Um, Yeah. My theory is Cowboy Tough in two years. Mm, that will be fun. And not based on any knowledge of anything other than, you know, it's about time for any, I would say next year it's going to be someplace that I would guess either Africa or God Zone or XPD or something um, and then it hasn't been in North America forever and I and I sure. you know I know Mark you know they want it want to do it so that's that's my theory yeah and I'm
1: whether it what's the weather like in November in Wyoming
0: well they'd have to you know they'd have to change the schedule a little bit they'd have to go into yeah. the summer but you know
1: yeah
0: they done that before or you go an extra six months team gets an extra six months of being world champions so um, you know it's doable so i'm hoping it is because i want to be the guy that has all the uh home course knowledge <laughs> so okay one more question for you and this is the hard one um if you started packing your gear for cowboy tough tomorrow would you still be packing the night before you leave
1: uh it's easy i'm, I'm always i'm Last minute packing. I mean, I set stuff aside that I want, I know I want to take, specific like the tent and the sleeping bag, stuff like that, the pack. But yeah. you're, you're always refining what you're going to take with you up until the last minute, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah. If I had my bell, I'd be dinging it because that's the correct answer <laughs> for everybody.
1: <laughs> the trick okay. is not to pack it so soon that you forget you packed it and start looking all over the house for it.
0: Yeah. I'm uh, maybe. Maybe three weeks out or so, I'll start laying stuff out on the floor. And uh, it won't work this year because I've got, I've got two hundred mile, hundred mile trail race and a hundred mile mountain bike race, the two weekends before to shoot. So I'll be, uh, I should have all my gear dialed in by the time the race comes. you'll
1: so. we well, wear out by then.
0: I don't have to do the races, you know. I'm a, I'm. <laughs> I just get to drive between all of them, so, and they're both they're both here in the hills, so, actually, both of them are on the Centennial Trail, which is literally fifty feet from our front door, so I could sit on the porch and film part of them. I was there last fall.
1: Were you? Yeah, for the game championship. Oh yeah, that's right.
0: I I'm bummed that uh, that wasn't like three days. You know, because. Cause everybody, everybody was here and you didn't get to see anybody. I didn't get to see anybody.
1: We did a quick in and out on that one as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, just pretty much everybody did. So yeah, it should be a requirement. You got to come spend 24 hours when it's in my backyard. (laughs) Cause that race was from our house driving to the start was 22 miles.
1: So that's a pretty neck of the woods.
0: It is. It's really nice. I I uh, can't say I don't enjoy living here. But, so all right, this has been cool. Thank you for spending some time. And, no problem. Uh, Thanks, Randy. We'll get, see you
1: out in uh, Wyoming. We will. And then
0: until then, everybody go fast and take chances. And um, mm-hmm. we'll see you.
1: All right. Thanks, Randy. All right. Bye.
2: we